Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Jeff Gipple, a goalie who I've skated with plenty and he's even filled in for me for my beer league team. And most recently, this summer, he and I skated together at the Minnesotan Pickup Skates in White Bear Lake. Jeff is a cool guy with interests outside of hockey. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Jeff. Jeff, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Not too bad. Four days over, and it's not Monday, so we, we got that going for us. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well, hey, thanks, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast and being a little flexible. We were going to record Friday, but uh, then me and my wife went on a nice little date. So thank you for being flexible in that regard. Yeah, good thing you didn't forget too long and you got to <laughs> didn't have to cancel that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, it's kind of fun talking to you, having you on, because uh, we actually skate together uh, this summer pretty regularly. So th- that's kind of fun that uh, we we know each other on the ice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As so, in years past where I always subbed for you. <laughs> we never yes. skated together. Yeah, you, you, you have subbed for me a few times too, which is uh, very appreciative. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, as I asked most people, how, how did you get started in this great game? Aside from being a Minnesotan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I started skating when I was like four, right? Cause I'm a Minnesotan. It's what we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I played, I started, I, I became a goalie in squirt 
and that didn't last very long. And, uh, and I stopped skating for a couple years and went back to being a skater. And then uh, had kids, got a, you know, started a career. And then uh, my son started to play, so that's what got me back into it. Uh, and we skipped skating and went right to goaltending. So let's back up. You get started skating. What got you started skating? Was it, you know, just the neighborhood thing to do, mom and dad? What got you into it? Uh, dad, uh, you know, he played youth <laughs> midgets, club college hockey. So it was just uh, what, what, you know, do what your dad says to do and your dad likes playing hockey. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. It's kind of funny because – my dad would skate on, you know, the flooded parks growing up, but never on a team or anything. And so he, uh, when I said I wanted to play, he was like, okay, uh, <laughs> you know, like I, I can give you very little uh, information in, in my knowledge of the game, but uh, all right, let, let's try this. So squirts, you start playing goalie. Why, why did you decide to play goalie? I don't even really, you know, I'm, if I had to pick one thing, that was, you know, when you first saw the, the one-piece masks coming out, or the combo, you yeah. know, the, 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 that was going away. And I don't know if that was just, you know, really cool or, or what. I mean, how old was that? Yeah, 10? Something like that, right? So it, I don't mm-hmm. – that was what looked cool, right? You know, they were all, you know, crazy paint jobs and – Yep. And it was a, a very, I wasn't, I, mean, I wasn't that... the strongest skater either. So it was easy to go, well, I'm not, I'm not a great skater and this looks cool. So. Yeah. The, the same could be said of you these days. <laughs> no, that, that, that wasn't very nice. You're, you're a good skater. <laughs> I, I just picking on you. I've gotten better. Um, I've gotten better. But uh, yeah. Hey, you know what? We, we skate differently than everybody else. So we, we've said it on many of the uh, podcasts, you know, goalie skating versus player skating. different. And t- take the pads off of us and we're zipping around that ice just fine. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, you said you started out as goalie around squirt and then got away from it. Why, why did you leave the net? Um, the easiest way to explain it was, you know, just typical youth sports politics. Somebody moved. I so I grew up in North St. Paul. Somebody left their association and they needed to make a spot. And I was, I don't know, the least qualified to retain the position. So they, they just bumped me and said, you can skate or you can leave. And, and, uh, that was, that was a whole year into it. So I'd been not doing skater stuff for an entire year. And it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe we take a break and we try this again. I tried, and then I tried skating again in high school. But yeah, it was just they ran out of spots, and I got bumped. Yeah. Um, oh, that 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 makes sense, and it's it's tough, and you know, I. That's one of the things I've struggled with in Minnesota is the lack of house league hockey. Because I'm going to guess if house league hockey was around at that time, you probably would have stuck with that to play goalie because you you enjoyed it. But that wasn't an option. So it was like either I don't play or I skate out. 
Right. Yeah. And then just, you know, youth hockey from one, one state to the other. Yeah. There's, there's, I'm, I'm learning about all these other places and the, these things just don't translate. We're so unique here. There's so much hockey. There's no true house league, you know, yeah. where you just sign up and you get to play that you can kind of say yeah. a lot of association C is like that, but that's still a little tougher even than, you know, what it sounds like in other places. Yeah. And I mean, we have house league for darn near every other sport, but not for hockey, which is fascinating to me. And, you know, there's enough um, outdoor rinks and everything else where they could have some killer house leagues, but they, they just don't. And I, I've never understood why. Yeah, I guess now that I think about it, like, I know Minnesota hockey's got youth rec hockey. And it's very cheap, but it's like two practices and 10 games. It's, you know, so if you just want to just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost rough, like, like just beer league pickup, yeah. you know, nobody knows what really what they're doing. And that's not even right. That's even lower than what a normal house league would be. So there is, is an option, but it's just not a nice, easy middle ground. Right. Yeah. I mean, w- me growing up in Chicago, we had house league hockey, and I've actually heard um, somebody recently call it uh, travel house league, and I liked it because what it would be the equivalent of like White Bear Lake, Forest Lake, and Moundsview. Each association mm-hmm. has three or four house league teams at each level, and they only play those other three associations, and then sure. you know. So you're not playing the same three or four teams all the time. You got a nice 12 league team, but then, you know, you're only going to those three rinks. Uh, You're not traveling all over. You're not doing the weekend tournaments every week. It's just, you know, consolidated. Sure. That's not, not the same as what is it? The NIHL? Cause I know that's, is that just like, is that a select league? No. um, Yeah. That that's, travel hockey in Illinois. And that, that's where each association that has house league, they also have their travel okay. teams. And th- that's the league, the travel teams play each other. Um, sure. And sure. again, when I was growing up, it was really only in the Chicagoland area. There was, I think a team down in Peoria, Illinois. Now you have, oh. you know, Peoria, Springfield, Champaign, even outstate into Rockford. And, you know, it, it's grown in the state of Illinois, not just around the Chicagoland area, but then you have the triple A teams like, Chicago Young Americans, Team Illinois, um, mm-hmm. and now I think there's Shin and a couple others, and they're the ones that travel kind of like um, Little Caesars and Honey Bay Cam. They, they kind of go all over the place, um, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a different different setup there. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because like I, I played for St. Jude, and I didn't play. We didn't play for our community or neighborhood. So was, you chose your association. So it wasn't based on where you lived. It was where you wanted to play. And then when I went mm-hmm. to high school, because Catholic schools are a big, big thing down in, in the Chicagoland area, because public schools are so bad, you, if, if you want to do anything in life, you, you almost have to go. Um, sure. But uh, so then, you know, I was the only kid for my team that went to my high school, Brother Rice. Uh, everybody else went to okay. Marist or St. Lawrence. So it was kind of fun. When we would play our arch, my school's arch rival, I was still playing all, all my 
everybody. So it had a little more of that uh, rivalry aspect to it. Um, whereas here, you grow up with your buddies playing. You know, in, in White Bear, you grow up, you play with your buddies. Then you go to high school and you keep playing with each other. You know, so it, it is different in that aspect as well. So, yeah. So, you know, you, you take that step away from hockey for the reasons you mentioned. And then, like you said, you wind up having kids. Um, and what got them interested in the game? Was it just because all, all their friends were playing and they, they wanted to try it out? Or, you know, what brought that that about? I'm sorry. I, I buffered a little bit. I missed most of that question. Oh, <laughs> I said, uh, you know, you, you take that break from hockey and then you wind up having the kids and they decide to play hockey. What what got them into the game? Was it the fact that all their friends were playing or were you like, you know, I used to play this sport and it's pretty, pretty awesome. Oh, no, no. It was all it was all my son's idea. And <laughs> if I if I remember, you know, White Bears got a program and they, they push it really hard and it, it's clinic. So it's it's pre-mites and the very first year if you're five or something like that is is completely free um was like all right it's free let's let's go do it and now i think i spent 10 or twelve thousand dollars last year so it has not stayed free (laughs) but uh no yeah it was just they've learned from the drug dealers you know yeah the drug dealers are great salespeople. Let, let's give them that taste they want more <laughs> right right <laughs> hey kid try some hockey you'll like it um yeah yeah it's, it's that um dave Chappelle meme you got any more of that hockey <laughs> <laughs> for uh, sure but uh you know you said your son, did he go straight to goalie then? He just, because I know at Mites they try and get him to skate out, but what was he like, nope, not doing it? So he ended up, eh, yeah, they don't like it full-time. So we, it wasn't technically full-time in his second year of Mites, but it was one of those, hey, everybody gets to try it, and we rotate mm-hmm. the pads around the team, but then only like, three or four kids tried it once and nobody else tried it again. So there, there were times we were told, well, we'll just, we'll just not have a goalie today and you can skate out. And then by the end of the season, Mm -hmm. it was, we're just gonna, we're just gonna sneak into the pads and, you know, hope we don't get in trouble. (laughs) Cause it, it it was basically full time by the end of that season. Cause nobody really wanted to do it. Um, And he was having fun and loving it. Yeah. Yeah, so all of squirts, all of peewees. We're in our second year of Bantams. He's never, never gone, never taken the pads off. Now, like my first year of squirts, I played half and half, and after that, it was in the net. That's it. And I, I appreciated being able to skate out to you know learn the game and become a better skater. Did, did you ever try and? nudge them into playing out a little bit just to get uh, more of that aspect or where you're like, cause I'm, I'm a firm believer, most goalies. And when I say most, like 98% of us, we know from the first time we're on the ice, we want to be a goalie. Um, you know, and, and did you just see that? And I'm like, it's not worth fighting it because he's half me. So it's, it's a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we never suggested he go back. 
he has played the last couple summers as a skater in roller hockey. Okay. Only because it, you know, you know what a hippodrome is, is there's yeah. no air conditioning. You know, it's just some yeah. big fans and uh, we're not, he, he didn't want to wreck the pads he had. We didn't really want to buy him an extra set of pads for roller. And it's yeah. not, you know, entirely the same position, right? You're not sliding and, and no. stuff. So we just went out and we got him some roller skater stuff. And it actually, uh, a lot of the kids don't like it because he would skate around those kids. So like what yeah. you said about skating, he got to be a very good skater once he took the pads off. And in an you know, even environment, yeah. he's, he, he, he uh, over-delivered, uh, at least from the other players' <laughs> expectations. It's funny you say that because when I was in high school, uh, after school, as long as there wasn't snow on the ground or it wasn't raining, me and my buddies would run home, grab our skates, and we would meet up either at this one park that had a uh, tennis court fenced in without any uh, nets up or a grade school parking lot. And we would just play hockey, you know, until it got Mm. dark out or we had practice ourselves. And no, nobody ever played goalie. We just, you know, set up a can at either end, just like in Mighty Ducks 2. You tip the can over, there. there's the goal. And my teammates were always uh, amazed that me and the other goalie, like, you guys are pretty good. Like, you can skate, and you're pretty fast. <laughs> and, like, you can shoot, and you got, you know, you can pass, and all of that stuff. We're like, well, yeah. Like, we're athletes. We're not, you know, just because we're a goalie doesn't mean we don't know the game, doesn't mean we don't uh, practice right. this stuff on our own either it's kind of funny right um i remember when i was coaching in forest lake i was doing uh, some of our fall training because as a volunteer coach i wasn't technically considered a coach so we were able to skirt the rules a little bit on who couldn't couldn't be on the ice with the boys in the fall mm-hmm. and our head coach was watching a scrimmage the one day and we were short guys on the one side so i was hopping out playing defense and after the scrimmage he looks at me he goes you know you're you're not a bad player. And I said, what did you expect? Like, I'm one of the coaches. I should know the game. I should have some hockey sense out there. And <laughs> he's like, yeah, I suppose. I just kind of assumed being the goalie coach, you you weren't paying too much attention to what else was going on. I was like, no, we, we need to know what else is going on before we can start focusing on our own position. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people forget that. I was like, yeah, we, we need to – learn all these X's and O's of how, you know, how to play goalie and understand it. But if we don't know what's going on in front of us, it doesn't matter. You know, we have to anticipate what's going to happen. And if we don't understand systems and everything else, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's so watching, watching my son learn that hockey sense. The only downside is the players don't want to listen when he wants yeah. to, you know, you know, coach from the bench, like, no, this, this is what I just saw out there. You need to, to listen. You missed it. I saw it. I'm trying to teach you. And they, most of them too stubborn, immature, whatever it is, they just don't really want to listen to the goalie, tell them how to play defense. And it's, yeah. Heck, you, so. you've skated with my beer league team. They even have issues with that. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I come to the bench between periods, I'm like, Hey, fellas, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. And they just look at me, they're like, just stop the puck. And I was like, I'm trying to, but if you did this or that, it would be easier. 
Uh, you know, right. uh, yeah. And I mean, speaking of my beer league team, I mean, you talk about that hockey sense, you know, there, there's a few guys where they have the skill, but they don't have that hockey sense. And then there's, you know, one defenseman in particular who doesn't necessarily have the skill, but he's got the hockey sense. Uh, so it, it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting on how much hockey sense can make up for lack of skill. Mm-hmm. So you were mentioning, you know, you stepped away from playing for a while. Then your son starts playing and I'm guessing you got, you got the bug, you got that itch. Like I want to do what he's doing. Uh, So how did, how did that go down? I I think I made it a year of him playing goalie before I actually did anything about about it, but it's actually at the same time, my wife was starting roller derby and it was like, all right, the kids got a sport. You've got a sport. I get a sport. And, um, <laughs> then I just started buying gear and, and buying more gear and joined the AHA and hockey finder and worked my way around JMS. Just it's been five years now. In uh, how how was that transition back into the game? Did did it just come back to you, or was it rough? Um, it was a mixed bag. Some of it was was harder than I thought it was going to be. Some of it turned out to be easier. Um, uh, you know, playing in the the mid nineties, and then now the style's different. You don't play. You haven't changed your style, but almost everybody yeah. else does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. so learning a style that didn't exist yet was was probably the harder part, but you know, I I I kept myself in good enough shape that it wasn't too physically overwhelming just just on the joint. Yeah. So Yeah. No, that that's awesome. And I apologize, I'm slightly distracted. I just got a te- family group text that my uh my nephew's at boot camp and he just got the uh we just got the phone call that he passed his big test he's now technically a sailor so oh uh, exciting uh for him the family so yeah i sure. think in three weeks he graduates so that's kind of fun okay um yeah Good so you get back into it you, you got to start getting equipment um how was it going through finding what what you liked? Because, you know, as I learned uh, a little under a year ago, the equipment's a lot different today as it was when we were kids. Uh, yeah, I, it was really exciting because I didn't have any expectations. Um, I wasn't trying to replace something old. I was starting over. So it was, everything was new. So it, it left just all the possibilities. I wasn't too worried about, I don't want that because I, you know, but I just, yeah. I, I probably bought three or four pairs of pads in the first year, mm-hmm. figuring out sizing and what kind of strapping, you know, all just what fits how, you know, what fits my body. And, uh, yeah. And, and then, you know, I, I ordered new brand new gear after about two years. And just, you know, I knew, I thought I knew what I wanted and I pretty, I'm still using that, that spec and it, it worked for me. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Now you order new gear after about two years after kind of feeling your way through, you know, doing the, the, uh, the used route, but you got a set that you ordered. Has, has it come in yet or? The, oh, the, the set we're waiting for my, my son, yeah. my son set. No, oh, oh, no, I thought we're, you at... were getting a set too. So it's, oh no, it's your no. Son's those are all, set. those are his. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, all right. I think we're, we're now, 20, what's uh, yesterday was 29 weeks. So, <laughs> Hey, I, I know how that goes. So as your son gets older though, I mean, how close is his stuff going to be to where you can be like, you know what? I'm taking the gloves tonight. I want to see how they are. Um, we're in the same size for everything now. Um, and okay. we use almost everything. So he, his favorite glove now is um, the the Vaughn, the, the two piece V seven. Okay. And it's 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 very similar, right? It's probably the closest thing they make uh, to a fifty five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, the velocity, the two piece velocity gloves are pretty pretty similar there. I think they now have like a hybrid split web, and he likes the full two piece. Um, double web but uh the, the top's yeah, different I, right so it doesn't have that big the cuff looks different on the top but it it still plays yeah, the same and, yep. and he's probably had you know he's gone through the 5500s the i think he played 19500 some bentis stuff but he he likes that that classic two piece and so we we share that specific piece of gear um the skates are a little smaller than mine, but where everything else is the same. So what I'm hearing is when the new stuff comes in, it might find its way into your bag for a skate, just so you can see how, I, how it is, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it might it might not be till next summer if he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to be skating four or five days a week. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so my son in his in his gear selection is a little bit weird um he still likes leather straps so okay. I, I, brand new gear for, for a 14 year old with leather straps <laughs> you know we yeah. we looked at all the the leg wraps and you want to try this no i want to how about this instead and like no we're just, and so the you know the old i'm gonna say old school but it's not really that old the, the two leathers and a and a leather professor strap kind of like uh Martin Jones, yep, had a had a setup just like that. So it's it's you don't see a lot of kids wearing new pads, yeah. With with that kind of don't don't come uh, to me saying oh they got a bunch of leather straps until they have seven like the pads I just replaced. <laughs> uh, you know, seven on each pad. Um, right. Yeah. I, I still remember when I. Went out. I, I got to a hockey finder game over at Fogarty early, and I've told this story before on the pod. And there was a high school team out there for a summer skate, and only one goalie showed up. And the coach is like, "Hey, if you can get ready, you want to come out and take some shots?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." Between uh, drills, the goalie's standing by me, and he just kind of looks behind. He goes, "What's with all the straps?" I was like, "Well, <laughs> let me tell you, kid. This is how they used to be, and you know, back in my day, you would tighten them as close, you know, as tight as you could, almost like a tourniquet, to cut off circulation because you don't want rotation." And he was mm-hmm. like, 
I don't get it though. Like why, like why, why do you need so many of them? He's like, I've only got two Velcro straps on mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that professor strap. I have it on mine and I don't know if I would like them without that professor strap. Yeah. My, so I've got, I've got two sets of on for myself. And the second one was a demo pair that had a professor strap before it was mm-hmm. orderable. And, uh, yeah, before it was cool. Uh, I it's 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 the best part of well be, between that mm-hmm. and the quick slide. That's yeah. Those are you know that's that's I don't use my custom set anymore because that set that demo set is is perfect with with all the features that weren't available yet when I when I ordered mine. Yeah, and that's tough because like as soon as you order a set the next like generation comes out and you're like, Oh man. Cause I, I remember it was like a week after I ordered mine and I went with custom graphic and I love it and I wouldn't have done it any different. But like a week after the new SLR three graphic came out, I was like, that's kind of a cool graphic. I wouldn't have gotten it, but I would have liked to have known about it. You know? Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, I, uh... I think, you know, with where my order was at, I could have argued, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I went to high school kind of with one of the local Vaughn reps and talking to him while while doing this whole process. Uh, same problem. He he went years without getting any gear because he knew ahead of time what was coming, yeah. and never was ready to decide. So it's even worse knowing what's coming six months or a year early, and even you can't have it yet. And you're just watching yeah. the technology change in front of you. And it was just so overwhelming. He just never bought one. Last last time we talked here, he still hadn't pulled the trigger on anything new. Yeah. I I mean, I love my set. I I wouldn't change anything on it. Um, If I did, it would just actually be removing the top leather straps that are only there for aesthetic purposes. They serve no purpose. And I'm at Mm -hmm. the point now where it's like, you know, that's you know one more strap on each pad i gotta take off after a game when i could be drinking a beer uh mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh i i do have the leather strap that goes under you, you know under the uh boot the leather boot strap and i i wouldn't take that off i know some people do um mm-hmm. i i just feel i need that so but again i, I wouldn't change anything i love the specs i love the graphics um everything about them is great so I wasn't so sure about the red stripe at first. I liked just the solid black and white, but the longer you've had yeah. them, the more I've gotten used to seeing them. And it bothers me less yeah. now, but <laughs> that was, that was you my know, question I, at first. Like, I don't know if I like that red. I really went back and forth on that. Cause even through youth hockey, high school, well, obviously through college and whatnot, but um, I really only ever had black and white equipment because Mm-hmm. A lot of the stores in Chicago, that's what they would carry because it goes with any team. Um, right. And But as a kid, being a Hawks fan, I always wanted red, white, and black, you know, equipment. It was like, yeah, yeah. I, I like the color scheme. And I went back and forth. It's like, I don't want too much red. I don't want it to, you know, be like in your face. So I just want a little accents. And so I got it on the gloves and it was okay. But the way the red was on that pad it was almost too much red normally. Uh, in fact, there's a, mm-hmm. somebody shared a picture this week of some of the old 
4,000 that were red, white, and black. And it's basically an inner circle is all red. And I'm like, that's just too much. But I remember, Mm -hmm. I think it was um, Freddie Brathwaite when he was in St. Louis had just that yellow line, like that red one I have uh, on there. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's just as much red as I needed. Um, And then when I was working with Ev over at Vaughn, he kind of did all the trim work because I just created the front and illustrator created how I wanted it. I was at the cabin the day after uh, I placed the order and he calls me. And so I'm sitting by the lake talking to him. And he's like, well, you know, can you go on the customizer and just kind of do the uh, back so that we can get this going? I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can find some internet here and get it done. He's like, ah, let's just talk through it on the phone. And he, he added some red and, you know, was kind of doing it and would shoot me screenshots. I was like, you know what? I kind of like it with just, you know, the little trim with red. And yeah, it, I, I went back and forth with it too, but I, I really like the way it turned out. It, it, it looks good. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. For me, I'll probably be betting against the Blackhawks. I love them, but I know they're not going to be good this year. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, how many saves will be made, and more for your shot at even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets. If they do, that's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, no, and, and so. I remember you telling me, you know, they're like, legacy graphic, we're doing it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you can't. I mean, I, I, if I had to go vintage, it'd probably be that, that, the triangular white kind of spike that goes up into the, from the toes. Yeah. That's, yeah, the, a little the more Osgood my speed, one. but yeah. It was used, I know Vaughn yeah, used we, it on everything, seen... Lafrey used yeah. it. Yeah, I, I know um, one of the Carolina goalies for the Hartford throwback went with that one. Um, but that, that was basically the Chris Osgood had that graphic, and he Ooh. he had that. In fact, one of my high school goalie teammates, he, he had that uh, toward the end of his uh, high school years. Um, but no, so some of those classic Vaughn graphics, I mean, we're, we're starting to see them come back. I'm kind of surprised that I've only seen my set and then – the other person that got the uh, Theodore um, tribute set, like those are the only two that have done, done that legacy. And uh, I'm, I'm shocked that there hasn't been more, but I, I say, give it time. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, the, the V4 graphics been hitting pretty hard lately. So yeah, it's, it's going to have its turn again. <laughs> yeah. Well, that V4 one, it, 
it's the Jonathan, Jonathan quick graphic and he just keeps it alive. Right. Um, so, I mean, that is a cool graphic though. Uh, yeah. I, I like that one and you know, so it's, it's not bad. That, that was kind of the start of their tribal graphic phase. Um, and that was their, their best attempt at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so away from the rink, you know, you've got an interesting little project going on too. Um, in that you bought an old Corvette and you are restoring this thing. And I would say restoring it. Like you are rewiring the whole car, like, like you, you are going full on Tim, the tool man, Taylor on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. More power. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, going to grow. Yeah, more power. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it about that particular Corvette that, like, that was your your white elephant? You wanted to get it. Oh man, I don't even. It's there was there was a guy in the neighborhood. Coincidentally, mine's a '76 and his was a '76, but you know they've got just the, the pointy nose and the the big fenders. And what I like about is it '77 and older. I don't like that big bubbly back window. Like yeah more hatchback look and what's what's really you know it's a little side note those don't open in those those later 70s corvettes so it's like it looks mm-hmm. like a hatch but it's not a hatch it's like well i don't want a, a hatch that i can't open we're just gonna but so they, they call this body style the sugar scoop because it's got that the flat window and then the sails around the sides of it mm-hmm. but just it's so angular and it's mean and it's like an inch and a half off the ground just it, everything about it it's just it's got that just the the muscle car aggression and then it's as, as long as i can remember that's the car i wanted aside from you know you, you get into like a lamborghini phase in middle school right every every boy's yeah. been there um <laughs> but aside from that this is the car i've wanted my entire life and uh bought one yeah. during covid and uh I'm about a year behind in my five-year plan, but uh, <laughs> it's it's so you know it. You see this vet for sale. How does that conversation go with your wife? Where you're like, you know what? I want to go buy an old Corvette that needs a lot of work, which translates into spending more money on this car. How did that conversation go? I, I blacked out. I don't even remember. Um, I somehow <laughs> even got permission to spend upwards of $20,000 in it, like in the project phase. So yeah. I don't, I, I have no advice on how to have that conversation because I don't remember, but it worked. And I guess that <laughs> you, I, you I did have to, she said yes, <laughs> more less i i i the only ultimatum i had was i had to get rid of a few motorcycles and i've gotten rid of three since then uh, not quite what i promised so i've under i've under delivered on that but uh i i like to have too many projects and uh <laughs> you know, so i i had to compromise i got rid of the things i was never going to finish and right. got something I'm going to finish eventually. Well, that that was for years. I was like, I want to get new equipment, but I'm cheap and everything else. And through COVID, yeah, I mean, 
we did so many projects around the house, but we did them ourselves. And mm -hmm. my wife was finally like, the money you've saved, go get your, she's like, do you want some new equipment? And I just, just like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, let's go to pure hockey and look around. And I was like, if I'm getting equipment, I'm going to get custom equipment. I'm not buying off the shelf. <laughs> and she's like, Ooh, who are you thinking, you know, custom equipment. My brother-in-law, he played hockey. He played junior hockey and everything. And he's like, no goalies get custom equipment because of things like strapping and fit. Like it's Ooh. not that out of the ordinary. And he kind of explained it to her and she was like, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? And I told her and I was pretty honest. And she's like, okay. Uh, like a little apprehensive. She's like, go for it. And so I, I quickly ran for my phone and uh, texted <laughs> my uh, college teammate who has a pretty sweet Mike Richter Vaughn tribute set up. And I was like, who did you work with that to get that set up? And he, it was one of the guys he coaches with he, from general sports out at, uh, out in Edina. And he, he gave me info and I texted Tori and was like, let's get this going. And, and he helped me get it. But it was like, as soon as I was given the green light, I was like, let's get this done as soon as possible. I'm not leaving any chance for minds to change or anything else. And, uh, right. Yeah, it, Whether it it's a Corvette or goalie pads. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get permission, you just got to do it. You can't slow down because the yeah. permission is going to go away. <laughs> and, and my wife, God love her. I mean, she's like, the 22 years we've been together, like, you've never asked for anything. And this is the mm -hmm. only thing you've ever asked for. So, like, who am I to say no? Like, she's like, all the stupid stuff and other stuff I've asked for over 22 years, like, it paired pals in comparison. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she's like, yeah, you, you've earned earned it go for it. and she could see myself was starting to fall apart um it, it mm -hmm. was it was toward the end of its life as much as much as i took care of it and had it repaired like it only had so much time left in it uh it, it was I, on life support at that point yeah seeing you use that old gear i wouldn't have thought it had as much mileage because i would have just assumed that it died long before now <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, I mean, it, yeah, you 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 drug them to the finish line. I really did. I mean, but, the, the first four plus years I had them, I was skating six plus days a week, um, mm -hmm. seven in the summertime. So, I mean, just the first four years I had them, they got more use than most pads get in a lifetime. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I took them up to Georgia's in Paul a couple times to get you know, new straps or um bindings sewn a little tighter shut uh, i think at one Ooh. point they had to put a little stuffing back in them too <laughs> so there, there was that um you know the, the only thing i haven't replaced at this point now are my skates and my chest protector and some people are like oh you need to get a new chest protector and it's like well that that thing's holding up just fine uh it's not yeah. falling apart and so and, and i kind of like the mobility of it it's it's not as bulky as the new ones yeah, well, and the only thing, I mean, you're going to wear gear out, but biggest thing with chest protectors, in, in my experience, is the elastic. Once the elastic goes, the whole yeah. thing, it does, it's never going to fit right. And, you know, you, I, I did have had a, a chest protector re-strapped or whatever, yeah. again, at George's. Yeah. <laughs> and it, for, for the price of that, it's like, oh, well, this thing's basically brand new. And, you know. 
That yeah. was that was great. I, t- I like to tell people since you brought George's up, I like to tell people I've put Dan ki- put Dan's kids through daycare <laughs> the last couple of years. <laughs> I was in there every other week, every third week for a long time. <laughs> well, they, they just do such great work there, and I mean, so, some of the repairs I had, it came back as like this is better than when it was brand new. Yeah, and Dan is excited about it. Yeah. He he yeah. wants to make he wants to make what you want right. And he, he his satisfaction in, in in goalie equipment is is inspiring. Well, he, I remember the first time I brought my leg pads in there and like just the look on his face, he was excited to see, you know, a pair of pads like that and get to get to work on them. So it's like he, he takes pride in his work and he does good work. Um and th- there's a reason they are not just known in Minnesota, but, you know, NHL teams, when they're in town, they'll bring their stuff over there for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, he's great at what he does. I, I remember when I had Essen from the Bay Area Hockey Repair on, like, he, he even speaks highly of, you know, George's. He's like, they're they're the gold standard. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I even refer non-goalie people. Like, I know these guys mm-hmm. bring your – you need new soles on your shoes? You go oh, to yeah. that. You go to George's, you know. So yeah, I've I've referred non hockey equipment people to George's. Just, if the, you know they're going to take care of whatever you bring. This this episode oh. sponsored by George's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I remember growing up, you know, when I got into hockey, my mom actually worked at a shoe store, and the guy she worked with, he played hockey, and so he helped us pick out my first pair of skates and everything. And John's still part of the family. Um, mm-hmm. But I needed something fixed on, you know, one of my pads at the time. We're like, well, where do we go? And he's like, there's the shoe repair place right down the street from your house. He's like, take them there. And we're like, but it's hockey club. And he goes, trust me. And he goes, and even better, the guy plays hockey. He skated with the guy that ran the shoe repair place. And I learned right then and there that shoe repair guys are the best place to take your hockey equipment because – Everything they're working with with shoes is what's used in ho- goal, not just goalie equipment, but hockey equipment. So they, they know their way around it. And uh, you, you come to find out how many of them actually play hockey, too. So they, they get excited about mm-hmm. it. Um, but then then we're spoiled up here with George's, who I, I think they're a – they build themselves as a shoe repair shop that, you know, specializes in hockey equipment. I think they're really a hockey equipment repair shop that specializes in shoe repair <laughs> yeah you that, can't that seems it's, to be it's the, the shoe truth. legacy you have to you have to keep it right <laughs> yeah but yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and it's you know it's right down there in st paul was on grand avenue it's just kind of like walking back into you know a norman rockwell painting when you go in that shop too yeah so yeah. Um, I miss those guys. I haven't been in there because all our gear is good. But no, that's that that atmosphere. Just you walk yeah. in and they know you, and you, it's just it's a comfortable place to hang out. <laughs> it's yeah. a little crowded in that tiny storefront, but yeah, yeah. no. It's... The, there are two issues I have with George's. One is parking down there is horrible. Oh, um, yeah. but that's St. Paul. Um, and two, like you said, it's just it's so. Small. It's 
not like they just built the place. It's small for a reason. That's what it was years ago when they opened. You know, so it's like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wish it was a little more like Hans's and the Mighty Ducks where, you know, it had equipment to look at and, and everything else. But it's like, that, that's not who they are. That's not what they are. But still, it's like, it, if you could put George's and the uh, Hans's skate shop, it would almost be idyllic. Yeah, I, I have childhood memories of going to Strauss. And, I, you know, you, you have to have been to Strauss, right? You can't live here and not have gone there. But that was it's it's changed so in the, you know in the thirty years. But that that yep. was kind of how I felt, like 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 in, in the Mighty Ducks, like that was just the cool hockey place. Oh yeah. But so I've been in Minnesota. I graduated in '03. We're, we're closing in on twenty years since I moved up here. And when I got my pads, I. I don't know why I was stupid because I, I sharpen my skates maybe once a year. I like them really dull. Uh, but there, mm-hmm. there was some rust on them since so I had they need it. So I sharpened my skates right before the first time I wore my new pads. And I looked like a baby giraffe learning to walk the first time out there. Not <laughs> only because of the pads, but because of the sharp skates. But I finally went yeah. to Strauss. It was like, you know what? I really don't trust pure hockey with my goalie skates. The fellows over at Revolution and badness they do a good job i've taken mine there the past couple times so i was like let, let me just give i was right over that way uh i was like let me go into uh strauss and i was like yeah that that has the hans's feel to it but it's it again it's small it's cramped in there uh but you go in there they have three skate sharpeners going they got all the old skates up on the wall it's it's a cool place to just kind of hang out and you know, walk around while they're sharpening your skates. Mm. Yeah. So I want to be mindful of time in part because mm. I smell the brisket tacos my wife is cooking downstairs. I will be right uh, over. <laughs> that bris- <laughs> yeah, that brisket has been in the oven all day. And like, it just, if they could put that smell into a candle, it would be amazing. <laughs> Um, you know, forget this lavender and eucalyptus. Give me the smell of brisket in a candle. Um, <laughs> but if, if you've listened to any of my episodes, you know, I, and everyone with the list of 10 questions, same 10 I've asked every guest. Uh, and the first one is what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days where a coach just lost it? I And I suppose we can include there, your son's playing days too, because I know there's some crazy uh, coaches in White Bear. Uh, so it, it, it'll it'll be my son's. It's the first time I wasn't the coach lashing out at the players, um, and it was like they weren't even one cycle through this drill, and he just he blows the whistle and he is just screaming. If you can't do this drill without effing up my drill, we're just gonna do something else. And then, you know, they got them all back in a line. I had never seen anybody else, in in our association at least, yell at the kids. And it was just like, that's refreshing. <laughs> and, uh, it's probably not the right reaction to have, but uh, it was just like that. I'm here for that. So, Yeah, I, I'm all about the 
gentler coaching approach of, you know, let's not always be Bear Bryant out there. But we still need to yell at him a little bit and let him know who's in charge in that, you know, you need mm-hmm. to pay attention. Um, well, you know, yeah. not, to, not to get too too far off on the, on the out of your, your questions, but I've noticed that that's just the, the difference in the, the, the levels of youth hockey. You know, you mm-hmm. got you know, there's more discipline at one end versus the other, and you don't want to let them get away with being sloppy. There's a reason those kids are, you know, get better and stay better. There's discipline and and uh, some maturity that's learned from being held accountable, mm-hmm. and that's that that's that's what that meant to me. Like he he lost it, and they're like twelve and thirteen year olds, so they were they but. Like, you know, you're making them accountable. You are teaching them the right way to do it, not just do it to get it over with. So that was. Right. Well, look at Team Iceland and the Mighty Ducks, too. They had incredible discipline, <laughs> and they were one of the best teams at the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> All those I movies mean, are it, so cringe now. <laughs> you know what, though? They're cringe, but they're still great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pointed out if, if you go back and watch, I think it's Mighty Ducks 2. Um, I call him Benny the Jet because it's the same actor, but the, the uh, kid who couldn't stop, he's skating. And on the wide shots, he's right-handed, but on the tight shots, he's left-handed. It's like they, they paid no attention to uh, accuracy in, in those regards. And now, now they have the uh, Mighty Ducks I'm... Game Changers series out and it's not much better in that yeah. regard, but I still love it. I'm going to have to watch D2 again just to see if I can catch that. I I, I might have watched yeah. it once with my son, but it's I, I wasn't paying that close of attention. And, and I wasn't paying that kind of attention when I was, what, 10, 11, 12 when that movie came out? So right. No. I'll have to, no. <laughs> I'll have to uh, watch that again. Yeah, when the new series came out, my daughter started watching it with, and she's like, the new Mighty Ducks series, oh, let's watch it. And I was like, okay. And so and then every Friday, I think it was coming out, we would sit down and watch it together. And I was like, anything that brings me and my 14-year-old daughter at the time together to watch it, I'm mm-hmm. all for it. So I loved season one of Game Changers. Well, now season two is out. And last week, she's like, dad, the new season's out. Are we going to sit down and watch it? And I was like, absolutely, we are. Um not as good as season one, but still, I was like, this is great. I love it. Bring, give me 25 episodes this season. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. No, we were, um, all four of us with my daughter, we watched the first episode on, on, uh, on Saturday. And, and the, the, out of all the, the disbelief you have to suspend, they're not going to send paying customers home. <laughs> no. We're going to give you a full refund no. and kick you out. No, they're going to let you. They're going to keep your money one way or the other, whether you stay or not. You're not getting a refund. Yep. But that was yep. that was the fakest part of that, that episode to me. So, Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be fun to see if Josh Demel actually gets on the ice. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, was, you know, so. so. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, it's a shame they couldn't bring uh, Coach Bombay back, but uh, he stuck to his principles. So what, what are you going to say? Yeah. The, the other thing that I actually talked about, but that episode with my son in, in the one scene, it's Wayne Gretzky, the great one. And then he's interrupted. And then, like I was saying, the great one, Wayne Gretzky, nobody really talks like that. <laughs> like it's, you have no. to explain it 
you know, to the normies watching a hockey show, but it's like nobody talks like that about Wayne Gretzky. Right. Right. And it's like, ah, that that part bothered me the most. Like you can't you don't talk like that. Yeah. Or yeah, or, or calling it states. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, we 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 had the um, conversation at the dinner table last night where I mentioned the term hockey pants, and like the whole family looked at me and was like, "Hey, you go outside of Minnesota, and everywhere else in the world calls them hockey pants. We're the only ones that call them breezers." And like, mm-hmm. I was like, "That's dumb. Why why would you call them hockey <laughs> pants? They're shorts to begin with." As I I don't make up the rules. Uh, it's just how it is. And like I had, she's like, I don't think they call them hockey pants in Canada. So like I brought up the source for sports websites. Like here they are. It's like pure hockey. They have their locations in Minnesota, but they still call them hockey pants because so many of their customers are outside of the Satan. Like the oh. overwhelming response was, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, well, you know what? People in Wisconsin also think all of us that call water fountains, water fountains are probably dumb too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next question, what's your favorite all-time goalie mask? Favorite all-time goalie. Um, there, so there's so many different all-time favorites. I'm going to say Brzezgalov just because – He's so incredibly goofy like, as a person. That's which one of his looks? He had a couple. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't. I can't pick. But that's. I mean, is, that's, is that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say his wild one was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, he, he he had some decent ones. He he had he had personality even in his mask. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, he's he's a gem, that's for sure. I know Patrick Royce he loved having him in town because he likes a good quote. So the the next question is what's your favorite rink that you've played at? My favorite rink. Uh, what's the wild training ring? Oh, the Tria ring? What do they call that? Tria, yeah. that That's probably been my favorite rink. And it's, it has nothing to do with the wild, but you're up on top of that building. Uh, it's usually too dark to see out the window, but the ice is always perfect. Yeah. A, I, I haven't had a chance to skate there yet, but I want to. Um, I skate with the For the Love of Puck group every once in a while. And every time they were there, I would go on and look and see if they needed a goalie, but those spots were always filled. So I was like, ah, shucks. Um, but I'll, I'll get there. I know I will. Uh, so what yeah. is, no, that's, was, yeah, go on. Oh, it was with, with the love of puck, the, the three or two oh, or three or yeah. four times I've been there. So. Yeah. I see that group is over, uh, in Germany right now on their, I don't know if it's become annual or biannual, but they're, their European trip when they put a team together and go play in a tournament. Well, it feels, like, it and... feels like they just went to, to Sweden or something with that. Yeah. So it, it, it can't be even a whole year ago. 
So I I know Kaz is trying to do something every year. Um, yeah. And I would love to go, but as I told him, I said it's just it's really hard for me to justify to my wife like, hey, I'm <laughs> going to spend this much money to go go to Europe without you and play hockey. Um, and his response is, "Well, bring her with." And I was like, "I would love yeah, to," right? but following a bunch of stinky hockey players around Europe is not her idea of a European vacation. Hers involves a spa and good food and some shopping. You know, like, I get it. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe when the kids are done with school, which is not that far down the road. Um, yeah. So what is your favorite goalie stick that you've ever used? Uh, I really liked the, the Vaughn Foam Core that are now yes. impossible to find that, that those are my favorite. And I, I, I abused far too many of them, so I deserve them not to be available, but that was, if I could find those again, I'd, I'd buy I, a dozen. You, I was using one the last year. I found it on pro hockey sock, um, dot com, and it was a mm. Keith Kincaid return. And I saw it and it was the same colors as my pads. It's like, well, of course I got to get it. Um, and I was using it all the way up until, uh, this fall season when I saw a Colin Delia warrior foam core pro return that had the trigger grip and I wanted to try the trigger grip. So I, I bit the bullet and bought that one and I love the trigger grip, but I also love that Vaughn stick. So I'm kind of like going back and forth, like, ah, which one do I use? Um, but yeah, yeah I, those... I wish the foam core was in general, they're, they're, they're going away. Right. So they are. I wish they were, they were affordable and they were durable and, <laughs> and, uh, yep. durable enough, I suppose. But, you uh, know, yeah. If Sherwood brought back the old, uh, what is it? The, uh, 5950 wooden goalie stick. I bet beer leaguers would eat them up. They, they brought back the feather light player stick. Uh, for beer leaguers, mm-hmm. and, and they sell pretty good. So I, I think they should look into bringing back the old fifty nine fifty because I know a lot of people that would probably buy them. I'd probably buy one just to have one too. <laughs> yeah. Have you checked out the Christian goalie six? They're they're making them now. You can buy them in bundles of three direct from Christian. I, I I've considered getting a couple of them, but I think they're foam core. Yeah, I, I I have looked at them, but it's it, it it becomes an argument: Do I want to? Am I gonna like them? Is the curve the same? Uh, mm-hmm. You end up with the size differences. You know, is a half inch taller, half inch shorter. Am am I gonna like yeah. these? Are they gonna be worth it? And of course, they probably are. <laughs> and I just make an excuse, you know, not not yeah. to try them. I wish, you know, we could go to the pro shop and see them, you know, touch them, feel them, or, or at least have them show up to the Let's Play Hockey Expo so you could check them out, but yeah. they haven't. So th- there is kind of that blind trust. And it's like, well, if I'm going to order one, you got to order them in a minimum of three. And it's like, that that's a commitment. And it's like, ah, what if I don't like it though? So right. yeah, I, I, I looked at those too, because I used nutrition sticks in high school and college and everything. So I'm like, I wouldn't mind having another one. Um, Yeah. So the next question, what's your favorite youth hockey memory? Oh, 
I uh, I don't I don't know if I have I don't have any of my own. It was <laughs> too long ago to have anything stand out. Uh, too too many hockey pucks to the head to remember them, right? We can we can say that I on no I I've I've in in my life I've had two loss of consciousness concussions. Um one playing beer league hockey. So there there might be some brain damage, but <laughs> uh uh yeah, so that's youth hockey. Uh well, I'm watching my son is like there was he had a tournament last year, he had like forty eight saves in a game against like Wyzetta. They didn't win, but he he led the goalie stats for the entire tournament. Um, That's awesome. Almost be, almost because of that one game. So you know, it, having that, it's it's it made it. If nothing else, it made it easy to say you had a great game, yeah. and you don't need don't worry about the loss because if you look at this, mm-hmm. you know this you did your job better yeah. than anybody could have asked you to do. So yeah. watch watching games like that that my son can carry um it, but that that one game at that one tournament was was is the one that still stands out yeah it, it's funny i've started using that um stop the goaltending game day app because i record mm-hmm. my games and then i'll just you know look at see you know did I play as bad as I thought or did I play better? Because one of their stats on there after you've tracked the game and everything is expected goals against versus actual goals against. Because they figured with algorithms, everything else, like in that game, based on situations, you should have let in X number of goals, you know. And so like the last okay. game, yeah, we lost five to nothing against the top team in the league. And I'm going, I felt like it played pretty good. And then I tracked the game. It's like, yep. I was right on target for I should have let in five goals that game. Um, so I, I, I kind of like that because, you know, you, you might have that bad game if you look at the scoreboard. But when you look at it that way, it's like, yep, that was cool. Um, yeah. So the next next question is, what's the worst post-game beer you've had? Worst post-game beer? Uh... Or post-skate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't remember what it was. I'd never heard of it before. It was it was just too dark and European. Um, <laughs> it, there was an umlaut yeah, in it. I don't heavy beers right after a skate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those dark ones right after a skate are tough. I'm I'm gonna guess that was probably a hockey finder skate then because that's where some of the really unique beers have been in the locker room for me. Yeah, it was it was it was it was a a hockey finder game I subbed in. <laughs> it was about two weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, so you're right. <laughs> All right. So let me ask this: the person that brought the beer did it happen to be a girl? No. No, this one was not. Okay, the only reason I say that is I've subbed for a certain team, and this girl brings the beer most of the time, and she always has, like, really good beer, but not really good for right after a game beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I, if I were sitting at the bar with a burger, this would be amazing, but right, this is a little heavy for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when you tape your stick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? 
um, toe to heel twice. Why? Uh, I just like to get the nice, crisp, straight lines and uh, don't want to be able to see through it. Because you're in the minority going toe to heel. So that's the only way I've ever I've ever done it. My, you know, when I had to do a player sticker or, or to coach or whatever, same thing. Toe first. Now, I, I'm not the one calling you this, but I've had two different guests say goalies that go toe to heel are psychopaths. And um, I'm not saying you fit that description, but I'm not saying you don't. <laughs> I've been called that for many reasons. So <laughs> if, if it if it fits, uh, at least, yeah, at least in in, in good humor. Uh. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah. If the tape job fits, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, what's your favorite number to wear, and why? Um, I I try to get sixty six. And it was the last number I raced with uh, when I was racing motorcycles. And I had taken it from the rider I most admired, um, Matt Maladden, out of Australia. Uh, when he wasn't with the number one, he had the 66. So it was just emulating uh, back from when I was racing motorcycles. That's awesome. You know, and, and that's always my thing. It's like if you don't have kind of the traditional goalie number, I don't care, but what's the story behind it? Because there's always a story, mm -hmm. and that makes it worthwhile. Um, so the last question, what advice do you have for young goalies? Hmm. I was going to say, for Have me, fun. it's usually... Don't be too don't, crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's that? I was going to say, that? for me, it's usually... For me, my advice is don't watch my video highlights and try to play like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, have but fun. You were saying, don't have let them think you're too crazy. Yep. Don't be too crazy. Uh, and it'll be crazy, but don't let them think you're too crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just... Find what you like and just enjoy that you like it, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and that's important because while I think every young goalie has aspirations to play in the NHL or even pro mm -hmm. hockey and even at the collegiate level, the reality is most aren't going to. In fact, most right. aren't even going to play high school hockey. Um, so just have fun and have fun while you're doing it because – Competitive hockey is going to end real soon, and mm -hmm. then you're on to the beer leagues. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, I appreciate you taking time out of your evening. Uh, I know we're going to probably see each other here soon at the rinks again, so uh, I yeah. look forward to it. And uh, we'll be in touch. Well, thanks for having me. Enjoy those tacos. Hey. I will. All right. Thanks, bud. All right. Yeah, thank you. It's always fun talking to Jeff. 
I wish his son luck in the upcoming season and can't wait to hear how he and Jeff like the new set of equipment. Follow Jeff on Instagram at Jeff Gipple. That's G-I-P-P-L-E, no spaces. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie, and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop and click the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many to list here, but shows like the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, the Jackets Debrief, and the CB Objectively Speaking Blue Jackets podcast can be found. Switching gears, I'm participating in the October Saves Challenge this month in an effort to help raise money for cancer research and patient care in honor of my mom, who lost her battle with cancer on Mother's Day of this year. If you're in a position to donate, click the link in my bio on any of my social media presences. I've set a lofty goal, but I'm almost a quarter of the way there with plenty of time left this month. I know the hockey community is a tight-knit community and always there to help each other, so this is just some small way I could honor my mom's memory, and if you're able to help out, thank you. If you're looking for some something good to read, get yourself a subscription to Vintage Tendy Magazine. Published quarterly, this magazine takes a deep dive into a goalie from the 80s or 90s era. The first five issues have covered Felix Potvin, Grant Fuhr, Tim Shovelday, Jocelyn Tebow, Ken Reggett, John Van Beesbrook, and episode 20 guest, mask painter Don Strauss. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on all my episodes. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to, and it's getting harder and harder. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's an easy action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
Tarkin. Yeah, dude. Hey, have you checked out the pond today? It's funny you ask. I was just down there this morning. Yeah, any good news? Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It just rose right over.